0: Back in 1963, Andy Williams sang, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And in many ways, I'm tempted to agree with him. Isn't this time of year fantastic? There's so much to love. I love the lights, the decorations, the carol singers. I love watching those classic Christmas films like Home Alone and Die Hard. I love the food, probably a bit too much. But most of all, I love presents. Not so much getting them, but I love giving them. I love seeing the look on people's faces when they open a present, particularly if I manage to get it right. And I don't know what you're looking forward to. Maybe it's the rubbish TV, those incomprehensible Starbucks things that come out every year, the carols or time with friends and family. I guess my expectations can be really high at this time of year because there is so much to look forward to. But not everything about Christmas is brilliant. I don't know about you, but I've not heard a good Christmas number one in years. My neighbour puts up these mad lights every year and it looks like Las Vegas has come to wake him. And the crowds of people, I didn't know so many people lived in York. This time of year is amazing, but little things can just get under our skin. But between the lights and the carols and the nativities, there are some people who can find Christmas really difficult. Last year, I lost someone really close to me around Christmas. They died after a long battle with lung cancer, and this will be the first Christmas they're not here. And to me, that's terrifying. And sometimes, the most wonderful time of the year, things can be harder. And despite how excited we might all be, there will be a few people in here who are dreading Christmas and uh, what it brings. And I don't know what that might look like for you, whether that's debt, loneliness, squabbling squabbling in-laws, family issues, bad memories. I don't know. But not everyone loves this time of year. Now, I love giving presents, but one of the things that can sometimes get a bit much for me is the shopping. We're bombarded with adverts from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed to spend money. By this, you'll have the perfect Christmas. Spend there and Michael Bublé, I don't know, will come and sing in your front room or something. We get put under pressure by social media, by advertising, by our friends and family, and most often by ourselves to spend and find the perfect present. And we put effort into the presents that we buy because we love the people we're giving them to and we want them to be happy. We want the gift to be perfect because we love the person we're giving, them, giving it to. We want them to love what we're giving them and we want them to know that we care. But when that's on top of everything else that this season comes with, the, the spending, the pressure, the constant demands on your time and energy, that search for the perfect present, if we're honest, it can turn into just something else you need to do. What should be really enjoyable and fun? can just turn into another thing on a checklist but what if it didn't have to be this way what if there was another way to find that perfect present turn with me if you've got a bible to Matthew 2 and we're going to see how God deals with this idea of giving the perfect present when the bible passage we heard we see the baby Jesus is visited by the wise men or the magi Now, we know they came from the East, probably somewhere in the Middle East or China, definitely not the East end of London, and they traveled a long way. Now, we know they didn't arrive when Jesus was a baby, but they came when he was about two years old, so they've been looking a long time. And I hate to say it, but that nativity scene from Love Actually, terrible film, but the nativity scene is wrong. They weren't there at the manger presenting gifts to the baby. Now, we don't know for definite that there were three of them. That's a church tradition that's kind of been added on. But we do know there were three gifts mentioned. And at Christmas, gifts, well, they they have become important, whether we like it or not. And the gifts that were given to Jesus are also important. Jesus was given gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we don't know for definite what each of these gifts represents, but we can take a guess. According to tradition, gold was chosen to represent Jesus as king, and it was a token of his royalty. Frankincense was a, a fragrant incense used in sacrificial offerings, and it was meant to represent that Jesus was God made man. Myrrh was a perfume or an ointment that was traditionally used on dead bodies, and it was a token of Jesus' future suffering on the cross. And those gifts from the wise men to Jesus, I think, were perfect because they suited who he was and who he'd become. As I started reading this bit of scripture, I started to wonder, what is the perfect present? So I went on the fount of all knowledge, Google, and apparently there are three criteria for a present to be perfect. So the present's got to reflect the person giving it. It should show we know about the person we're giving it to. And it's got to be of such a nature and a quality that it will hold its value as time goes on. So no pressure then. Now I have a confession to make. A few years ago, I was looking for a a present for my friend Emily. um, Something that would show her how much I cared for her, how much I knew her, and something that would hold its value as time went on. Problem was, I was skint, so I gave her a Nando's gift card I found in the drawer. Someone had bought it for me a few months before, and you know how it is, you stick it in a drawer, forget about it, right? So she opened it up, she looked at it, she was over the moon, who doesn't love free chicken? Um, and I thought, great, happy days. The next night, I get a phone call from Emily. I pick it up and think, oh, she's obviously bringing me t- to say thank you. And the first thing she did was shout, what the flip were you thinking? But not, not those exact words. Um, she then started shouting. After she calmed down, I said, do you want to just tell me what's happening? She said, what were you thinking? Give me a gift card with just ATP on it. I don't know if you've ever had one of those brain fart moments, but I have them all the time. And it hit me that I'd already used the gift card the month before and just forgotten about it. So my friend is sat there, several plates of chicken in with ATP to pay for it. I'm ashamed to say I hung up laughing, I maybe shouldn't have done, but to this day, I don't know how she got out of that, but Emily, if you're listening, I'm sorry, okay? So to be honest, a used Nando's gift card is probably not the perfect gift, but what about the baby Jesus, what about the baby the wise men came to see, is he the perfect gift? Well, first off, we know that the perfect gift should reflect the person giving it. And Jesus does reflect the one that gave him in God the Father. Hebrews 1.3 tells us, the Son reflects God's own glory and everything about him represents God exactly. So this baby that the wise men come to see reflects God the Father in every way. Jesus reflects God's goodness, his mercy, his love, his grace, and his holiness. So when we... Uh, Jesus said in John fourteen nine that he who has seen me has seen the Father. So when we see Jesus in Scripture, what we're seeing mir- mirrored perfectly is God. A God that is so head over heels with each of you that he came to earth to live among you. And when you look at the life of Jesus, what did he do? He healed the sick. He cared for the poor. He taught forgiveness and mercy. He raised up the broken He called the lost and the least of us to be his kingdom to be His. God's mercy and compassion were demonstrated through Jesus' action. God's abundant provision was demonstrated by Jesus' generosity with his gifts, with his love and with his teaching. The Father's great power and love were revealed to us through Jesus. Jesus is the perfect gift and the perfect reflection of the one who gave him. Secondly, the perfect gift shows that the giver knows what the person getting the gift needs. Now, I don't know about you, maybe it's just the blokes in here, but one thing I get every year for Christmas is new socks. And I don't know why, I always thought it was normal to have your toes sticking out of the ends, but apparently not. Every bloke for Christmas gets socks and Lynx Africa. The whole of Britain smells like Lynx Africa on Boxing Day, I'm not wrong. Now, The people that give me those gifts know what I need. New socks and links. And they give me that. And when they give me that, it shows that they know what I need. And Jesus is the perfect gift because the giver, God, gave Jesus to us knowing what we would need. God knew we would need a savior. He knew we would need a brother, a captain, a rescuer, and a friend. We needed someone who was fully god and fully human and only Jesus could do that each of us was made for a perfect relationship with God to know him perfectly but we break that because of something called sin by our own choice we constantly turn away from that relationship and that sin separates us from God and yet Jesus this perfect gift from God lived a perfect sinless life and at the age of 33 He was crucified, his blood paying for our sins. And on the third day, when the stone was rolled away from where he was buried, Jesus was not there. He rose from the dead, destroying death, hell, and the grave. Because of Jesus, this perfect gift, we have a way back to a relationship with God, no matter how badly we mess up. Because Jesus was fully human, he knew He knows what we go through, the things that we face, the things that we struggle with and the hurts that we have. And that lets him provide for all of our needs and desires and to care for us in anything that we can face. And because Jesus was fully God, he could carry our sin. It was only Jesus that could be the sacrifice, who could take the sin of the world, that could take each of our sins and take the punishment that we deserve because he was God's son. Jesus became our substitute on the cross. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay and Jesus paid a debt that he didn't owe. And it's only because of Jesus that we can be free. If our greatest need had been, I don't know, information, technology, money or pleasure, God would have sent us an educator, a scientist, an an economist or an entertainer. But the truth is our greatest need was to be saved. So Christ came and God sent a saviour. God knew what we needed and he sent the perfect gift in Jesus Christ. Thirdly, the perfect gift holds its value as time goes on. John 3.16 says, "For for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave us the perfect gift when he gave us Jesus and he gave him for everyone. Now, we heard that verse used in the the first talk in this series, and I think it still holds true. The gift of Jesus will never expire. There's no use-by date stamped on Jesus. He won't go bad or spoil. You'll never have to throw him out like an old banana. Jesus doesn't go out of style. There's never a need to update him or trade him in for a newer model like we do with a computer, because Jesus is enough. Some people like me, maybe wrongly, like to give gift cards as gifts, make sure they're in date. But some companies tip money off them if you don't use them for a long time. So in other words, if you get a card, and like me, you stick it in a drawer, some companies will tip money off the balance until the balance says zero. But Jesus never has a zero balance. Jesus is always going to be enough. Jesus never has a zero balance. He's the gift that never expires, never goes out of style or becomes outdated or obsolete. Every generation needs a redeemer. Every generation needs a savior to lift them out of sin and into the righteousness of God. And Jesus is the one gift that will never lose its value or worth. And Jesus is the perfect gift. Even though we don't deserve him, even though we could never earn him, God freely gave Jesus to all who will receive him. Acts 2.21 says, For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's love for us in Christ, it will never fade, it will never diminish, and it will never weaken. God's love for us remains consistent and continually available through Jesus Christ because it's always been Jesus, it will always be Jesus, it can only ever be Jesus, and it will never stop being Jesus because Jesus is The perfect gift. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this perfect gift of Jesus Christ? It's easy to say it doesn't apply to us. But in a way, aren't we all like the wise men? Just like the wise men, you have a choice. We can accept this perfect gift of Jesus Christ or we can reject it. Matthew 2.11 tells us, On coming to the house they saw the children with his mother Mary and they worshipped him. The wise men saw this two-year-old and they saw him for what he was. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, God with us. And seeing this, they gave him everything they had. They gave everything to this child because they wanted to follow him. But little did they know that really they were receiving the best gift imaginable in Jesus. It's the same choice that we have To give everything to Jesus because, like the wise men, we're receiving this, the best gift imaginable. But sometimes, making that choice can be the furthest thing from our minds. I know for a lot of you, this truly is the most wonderful time of the year. But for some of you, this time of year isn't great. Many of you are going to be sitting here, smiling on the outside and screaming on the inside. Maybe you're running around at such a frantic pace, you don't know what's going on anymore. Maybe a list of things to do just keeps on growing. Or maybe you're worried about, I don't know, feeling lonely, squabbling in-laws, sullen teenagers, over-the-limit credit cards. I don't know. I don't know what Christmas is like for you. Maybe you love it. Maybe you hate it. But I do know this. That perfect gift of Jesus Christ is available to all of you. No matter who you are. No matter what's going on in your lives. Jesus, God still sent that perfect gift in Jesus just for you. And just like the wise men standing in front of the infant Jesus and giving him everything, we have a simple choice. To turn to God once again through Jesus and accept that gift or to reject it and get on with our lives. And accepting that perfect gift of Jesus, no matter where we're at, in spite of our hurts, in spite of everything else that's going on in this crazy season, That's going to mean coming back to him. Whether that's the first time or for the hundredth time. And that means taking a, a place of humility. We make ourselves less so that he can be more. We lay down some of our junk and pick up a life of love following him and his example. And that's the true gift of Christmas. That you are loved. That you are forgiven. And that Jesus is enough. God loved us so much that he sent his only son into this world as a baby. God made man. How else can we respond to such overwhelming grace, love and mercy than to give everything we have to it, than to accept this perfect gift of Jesus, to make him the most important thing in our lives and to do what the wise men did and give him everything because he would go on to give everything for us. So imagine... What we could do with that perfect gift of Jesus Christ because the best thing about this gift is once you've received it you can give it away to others as much as you like as often as you'd like you know I've never met one person who accepted Jesus and regretted it but I met a ton of people who've told me why did no one ever tell me about Jesus before we've talked a lot about generosity this past few weeks We've heard from causes and organisations that reach around the world. But the most generous gift, the most perfect present was Jesus Christ, God giving us his son. And perhaps the most generous thing we can do this Christmas isn't to give expensive presents. It isn't to stick a couple of quid in a collection bucket or buy someone a coffee. Perhaps the most generous thing we can do is to give the most perfect gift of all. To give the gift of Jesus' love to a city and a country and a world that's in desperate need of it. Imagine if we gave away this perfect gift. If we were more generous with our time, more generous with our love, more generous with our lives, just like Jesus was. Imagine if we were called to live this life of love for others, just like Jesus did. How different would this city be? How different would our relationships and our families be? Everything would be transformed in a heartbeat because Jesus is enough. But for us to accept, for us to give away that perfect gift, first we have to accept it. We have to accept this perfect gift of Jesus Christ. And as we come up to Christmas, now is the time to say yes. To say yes to Jesus, whether that's for the first time or for the hundredth time. Because Jesus is the true gift of Christmas. Christmas. Let's not forget what this is about. You are loved, you are forgiven, and Jesus is enough. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for who you are. We thank you for this perfect gift that's Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would help us to keep accepting this perfect gift. To help us to say yes, whether that's for the first time or for the hundredth time. Father, we ask you to come into our hearts again. Help us to put you first in our lives in spite of everything that's going on. Help us to accept that perfect gift of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.